is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to the Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best minds in the industry to teach you how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some great content we don't or cannot share on the show by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. And the show is about you. We're here to help you become the best you can be in every area of your life. If you're new and you want to know more about what we teach or just where to begin here at The Art of Charm, you can go to the website and we'll email you a starter kit of all the top podcasts here on The Art of Charm. We'll send you the fundamentals like body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, dating and attraction, business networking and negotiation, relationship management, and more. All that stuff we'd wish we'd learned and mastered years ago. We've got our live programs running every single week here in Los Angeles, California. In fact, we get guys from all over the world routinely. I mean, U.S. and Canada are the least of it. This week, we've got Australia, the U.K., and, of course, the U.S. and Canada. Details at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp, or give us a call here in the office, 888-413-7177, or email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com. I read everything, and I'm looking forward to meeting you here at AOC. Today, we're talking with my friend Omar Zenholm. He runs the $100 MBA podcast. This is a great show because it's not interview format like everybody else. I know I'm outing myself here, but you know he's not your typical entrepreneur. He started late. He didn't have experience in this area or business at all. He used to be a teacher, in fact, and he didn't even live in America or have a big network. And his show is 10-minute lessons that you guys can apply in your own business. And if you don't have one, you will still get value here because there's a lot of overarching concepts. And we're going to talk about why older entrepreneurs or older people in business have an advantage over the young folk who get an early start. We're going to talk about great business mindsets when starting out, how to be confident without being arrogant and going overblown with it once you do get a little success, how to resonate with everyone you meet strongly and, of course, in a positive way, and how to convey what you offer to others properly. Last but not least, how to set your own expectations and goals and validate a business idea in the real world. So this and more on this episode. Enjoy with Omar Zenholm. But you're an interesting guy because you actually, you started your business really late, right? Well, first of all, let's back up. Tell us what you do now because I don't want to like define you, man. I don't want to pencil <laughs> you in, box you in, man. Oh, Jordan, I love you, man. I'm an educator. That's the bottom line. I That's all I've done all my life. Uh, I was a high school and university teacher and teacher trainer or uh, professionally. That's what I did in my previous life. And that's what I went to school for. And that's what I continue to do. I, I educate people on how to be a better business person, how to be a better entrepreneur. I'm fascinated with this concept of entrepreneurship, you know, even from a young age, you know, a funny story that Nicole, my fiance and business partner thinks is just absolutely telling is, uh, Halloween, you know, um, it was big and we used to go out and it's like free candy. Are you kidding me? We're going to go and raid the whole, you know, neighborhood. And, uh, you know, me and my sisters would go trick or treating and I would save my big bag of candy. You know, my older sister Mona would just go through it in a week. My, you know, other sister Iman would just kind of go through it maybe in two weeks. I wouldn't touch mine. And then three weeks later, you know, they go to mom and say, Hey mom, you know, can we get like a couple bucks, go to the store, buy some candy and like, no, go ahead and buy it from Omar. You know, like, and I had these deals, like 
five pieces of candy for a dollar and like you had to take the package because one of the candies had to be like a, a dud, you know, like one of those, you know, peanut marshmallows or something. Right. Got to get rid of my inventory. Why do they even make those things? And that was me at like, you know, nine or something, you know, and I just, you know, loved that kind of spirit. I also am just fascinated with this idea of these people called entrepreneurs that create things out of thin air. You know, they just have an idea. They have something they want to do. They follow through and they make it happen. Like, I think it takes an exceptional person to do that. So, yeah, I, I'm an educator and somebody that just loves entrepreneurship. So you went overseas and you worked in where? You worked in another country. I mean, yep. So I spent 10 years as a teacher and educator in Dubai. My specialty was teaching English as a second language. My parents are Egyptian. That's my heritage. You know, I was born and raised in the States, but my parents are Egyptian. And when I started to start teaching, and I was a professional graduate from college, and I started teaching here at home in, in the States, I wanted to get some international experience because that's a good thing to have when you're teaching English as a second language because it shows that you understand cultures and you understand how to communicate to people that are not native speakers. So I actually originally wanted to see if I could find a job in Egypt, where I'm from, my background, but the economy was shot and I couldn't find a job that would pay my bills. And I had a distant relative that just said, hey, you know, um, you should come to Dubai. It's a growing country. I mean, at the time, Dubai isn't what Dubai is now. It was a growing country and it's a wealthy country and they spend a lot of money on education because uh, it's a very young culture there. I mean, f literally 40 years ago, they were Bedouins in tents in the desert. They went from camels to benzes overnight, really. That's what happened. And um, a lot of the students that I taught in Dubai when I, when I started working there, their parents were illiterate. You know, So there is no culture of education. So they go home, they don't really understand what homework is and all that stuff. So, um, But if you're in the language teaching world, you know that there's a lot of money to be made there as a teacher. And it's probably the most money I could ever make as an educator. You know, Teaching at home really doesn't pay much at all. Um, on top of that, the hours were fantastic. So um, I was able to do some side hustling and, and work on some businesses on the side and I had a chance to experiment and uh, make money, lose money, uh, learn things the hard way and I could afford it because I had a job. So that's kind of how it brought me to, the, to Dubai is, is really just the experience and the money. <laughs> awesome. You started a little bit late, not, you know, the peanut marshmallow deals notwithstanding, yeah. but because a lot of people think like, oh, I can't start my own business because I know a guy who started his own business and, you know, he worked in real estate for 10 years and before that he was a lawyer and then of course now he's a consulting blah, blah, blah guy and wrote a book on it. And it's like, you don't have to have 15 years of medical device sales experience in order to like start a medical device company. And a lot of people think that way. A lot of people listening right now are like, yeah, I'd love to start my own business, but you know, I can't do that because I just work at this place, maybe in 10 years when I really know the market. And it's like, no, you don't need to, I'm not saying that's wrong or right. You know, maybe you do need to get to know your market or something, but chances are, you have no idea. And I can speak from personal experience on this because when me and AJ and Johnny started The Art of Charm, we weren't like, oh, you know what we should do? We need to work for other random training companies doing similar stuff and figure out how podcasting works by working on the radio for a decade and then we'll kick things off. Yeah, We just started horsing around and doing it and now other companies in this space look at our marketing. Like I, I have NDAs with companies that you've seen for years being like, oh, we want to consult with you on your your sales funnel because people look at us as an old school company and you guys are crushing mm. this space. And I'm like, who knew that such and such big company would come 
to Art of Charm and start looking at our digital marketing funnel and like asking yeah. us about this stuff. I mean, that's the opposite of how you'd think this would work. And you know, you started relatively. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm turning 35 tomorrow. Yeah, so you're okay, happy birthday. First Thank of all, you, sir. I turned 35 like two weeks ago or something like that. It's, yeah. I don't know. It all blurs together because I'm so ancient now, but. Um, <laughs> my memory is a little fuzzy, there you uh, go. but you started this not when you were 19 with the hottest, latest app. I mean, you've been going for a couple of years and I think a hundred dollar MBA is only a, a few months old at this point, or is it a year? It's like a year old, right? <laughs> well, the, the site and the platform are of course, uh, launched in December of 2013 and the podcast launched in August of 2014. Okay. So I'm looking at the podcast, right? But, and yet your show is like huge in iTunes and people are worried, like, I, I don't have experience. I started late. I don't have the background. You're exactly, not only were you late slash didn't have a business background in the same market, you didn't even live in America. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a good analysis. I think it's very interesting that you picked that up. I would say yeah and no. I would say yeah, I did start late. And, and a lot of people who speak to me, they say, oh, you didn't really start this you know, when you were in your 20s. But at the same time, I did start on this journey kind of early. I know I read a lot of books when I was in Dubai, when I was a teacher, and I was kind of side hustling on the side. I always had these small little businesses on the side on the internet that you know were good and they made money and they were successful in some way. But I never really saw myself as an entrepreneur because I wasn't doing it full time. And I could never really give it my all because I had a full time job and I had a very demanding full time job. At 25, I was leading a team of teachers of 33 teachers, most of them, you know, twice my age, you know, and I was learning management. I was learning how to manage my own self and be a leader and all that stuff very young. And on top of it, I'm trying to learn all this stuff and read books and see if I can be an entrepreneur. So one of the things that I learned in that process is that failure is not a bad thing. One of the books a lot of people recommend is, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He talks about fail fast, you know, and that's something that I picked up really quick, which is very um, different from the world I was working in. In education, failing is a huge, <laughs> yeah, you fail, you're in big trouble. You know, it's horrible. You don't pass, you don't go on to the next thing. You're going to be a bum on the street, right? Right. So I was able to rewire myself and realize that, you know, failing is the learning process. You can fail and, and gain a lot. I kind of... I think the difference between me and a lot of the entrepreneurs that I feel like are struggling a little bit is that kind of mental uh, maturity, is the idea that this is a long game, I need to take my time, I need to put in the work, nothing happens overnight, and I realized that. In another interview I had, a lot of, you know, somebody said, oh, I just Googled you uh, before this interview, and like, you got pages of content, you know, on Google, you're like on 10 pages of Google, it's like, yeah, I'm making up for lost time, you know, like, yeah. I'm, I put in a lot of content every single day, because... I know that that's what it takes. You have to build a base. You have to build a legacy. Yeah, so I guess I use my experience in education. That's another thing. A lot of people, they want to become an entrepreneur and they just neglect their past. You know, like I'm an educator. I know how to teach. I know how to present. I know how to put a lesson together. I know how to curriculum, put a curriculum together. I know how to ensure comprehension. You know, I don't think a lot of people out there in the entrepreneurial world can say that. And for me not to use that to my advantage, and that's what we do with the $100 MBA show, the podcast, 10-minute lessons every single day. You know, I could do an interview show and completely waste that whole skill. But a lot of people, they neglect their past and they don't use their past and their experience to their advantage. You know, I just met this other guy, decided to quit his job and become an entrepreneur and he's going to do life coaching. I said, great, so what were you doing before? Like, he's like this big whiz programmer. I'm like, dude, like, this world needs, you know, you can create this great firm 
where so many people want WordPress plugins. He's like specializes in PHP and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, just doesn't want to do it because he thinks that, that, you know, I'm not that anymore. Now I'm this guy. Like, no, you are the same person. You just now got to take that skill and, and monetize it. Right. Yeah. He probably got hooked up with a coach or something like that that was like really good at the live coaching thing. And he went, oh, now I have to reinvent myself as this. That's a big mistake that I think a lot of entrepreneurs make is they go, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I have to think of an app or I have to think Mm. of a website. And it's like, no, there are really successful entrepreneurs in the city right now in San Francisco, the most tech city in the world. And some of the guys that are really killing it, they have food trucks. Yeah. That's one of the most non-technical. And I'm sure there's arguments here for that business. There's one of the most non-technical businesses. There's a lot of people who run like uh, fitness things where you like flash mob fitness and you right. work out and those people are killing it. They don't need an app. They were personal trainers that were like, Hey, we can do sort of a meetup. Um, and we should just meet up in a public place yeah. and they tweet it out or whatever. And they put it on their website and tons of people show up with like five bucks and take a class or 10 bucks or whatever it costs yeah. and take a class like on the Embarcadero. And I'm like, this is a brilliant idea. If there's an app for it, it, it was a secondary, it was an afterthought. Yeah. One of the points that you made earlier that I don't want to neglect is you said that you play the long game and you're making up for lost time. I think a lot of entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs, they tend to shy away from it because they go, man, you know, I'm 40. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? You actually have an advantage in a lot of ways because as an older entrepreneur and not even an old guy, you have tons of time, you have plenty of energy, I'm sure, whatever age you might be, if you're even thinking about starting your own business, you have the benefit of foresight. Like when I was younger in my 20s and we started The Art of Charm, we were like, oh, this is gonna happen this way and this is gonna (laughs) happen that way and this will happen faster if we do this and this and this and we should throw money at this problem. People who are in their 40s and stuff, they would never do that. They would be like, listen, you know, if it's gonna take two years this way and one year this way, but one way is much more certain, I'll do it slower. You know, I'm 40, I got time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one of the things that I tell people that like, oh, I wanna, I got this great idea. I think it's gonna sell like amazing. You know, I'm just looking for some like startup cash. I was like, hold up, all right? You got to first find five people that are gonna buy whatever you're selling. Can you get five people right now in the next, you know, 24 hours to buy whatever you're selling? If you can't do that, then I'm sorry. Like, you just, that, that's not a business. Yeah, you know, like, that's a good point. I mean, you have to be able to convince somebody to buy something and don't say, oh, you know, would you be interested? You know, you got to have to actually make a transaction where they give up money. Yeah. Enough people don't do that. Enough people just start businesses and fail because they don't ever really do any kind of validation. They don't do any like because that's real business and everything else is playing business. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. You're absolutely right. No, you're right. Noah Kagan came on a while ago. You know, Noah Kagan. Yeah, I love the guy. Yeah, and one of the things that he said on the show, he agreed with you, you know, 100%. The first thing you should do is sell things to people. And he's like, just try to sell it to your friends. And you're right, not to put too fine a point on it, but you don't say, hey, would you be interested in a bicycle that self-locks to the nearest door handle? Whatever, you know, I'm looking (laughs) at my bike. And someone goes, yeah, that would be cool. That's not what we're talking about, right? You would have to say, hey, man, I know you ride your bike a lot, when you lock it, what's the most annoying thing? I don't know, I guess finding a place to lock it that's safe. What if I invented a lock that was built into the bike frame that was you know, licensed aftermarket or something like that so you didn't have to switch everything and it locked up 
to the nearest door handle and you didn't need to carry a key, you know, as code. Hmm. Yeah, I would totally, I would definitely be interested in that. Do you, where would I get something like that? Or is that, is, does that exist already? And you say, no, I'm going to make it. And they're like, dude, that's a really good idea. I would buy that. And it's a more serious kind of inquiry, not like the whole, yeah, yeah I'd be cool with that since you're my brother and I don't want you to get angry with me. Uh, yeah, cool. Great idea, yeah. Jim. No. Right? Yeah, and I would take it a step further and tell him, awesome. I need a deposit. Yeah, I need 50 it's gonna, bucks. It's costing $100. Give me $50, you know? And if they're like, uh, you know, hey, if it doesn't work, I'll give you your money back. That's mm -hmm. fine, right? You know, so they're not just like throwing Perfect. money into the wind, but they yeah. have to at least put their money where their mouth is. You're absolutely right. You know, you get the deposit on it to find out if, whether or not they're really motivated. So only action is the only thing that can prove motivation, really. Otherwise, it's just freaking hot air. Yeah. I also know that, I mean, you just mentioned, you know, we're a new podcast and we've done well a very short amount of time. Yeah. But I had to find some sort of differentiator, you know, like I had to answer the question, why me? Like, why is anybody going to listen to me? I'm looking at the top, you know, podcast yourself established in 2006 has incredible, incredible base. You know, you look at startup, you know, he's coming from this American life, huge base. Path Flynn's been around forever. You know, he's got so many people just like adore him to death. You know, you got all these like headliners and they have that advantage of being there for a while or they have a certain advantage. And I couldn't just go out there and be like, yeah, this is going to be awesome just because like I, I have to have something that differentiates me. You know, Nicole and I were on a road trip and we were just discussing how we're going to create this podcast on our all day show. Um, and we took it super seriously. Like we, we spent actually two months working on this podcast before we launched. It was our only client. That's all we did because we just saw it as a product. We saw that the only difference is that we're just exchanging time and subscriptions rather than money. And uh, again, long game. I want people to know what we're all about. And for us, we're just like, okay, I'm a teacher. We're educators. That's what we do. I have to teach on this podcast. I got to do some sort of lesson format. I got to make it short. I got to make it comprehensive. There's got to be some takeaways. There's got to be no fluff. It's got to be straightforward. Um, and that was kind of our aha moment where we're like, okay, we have to really, you know, make this happen because that's the reason why people are going to subscribe because it's something else. It's not like everything else. Yeah, no, you're right. You do have a novel program in that it's like small vignettes that are teachable lessons and not uh, a play for ads or like the same interview over and over or like a really short interview. Like it's a very different format that's that's extremely useful in my opinion. And I'll be honest, like you are an amazing interviewer. I can't do what you do. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's not my strength. I can pretend like I got to work on this, this is my weakness or I can say forget that. I don't have time for that. Let me just focus on my strength. I think that's probably wise. I, although I will say in business, you should shore up your weaknesses a little bit and of course mm. always focus on your strengths. Don't ignore your weaknesses. Shore them up wherever they're critical. But interviewing is not a critical skill set. If you don't love the idea, you know, I loved the idea of becoming an interviewer, doing the talk show thing since I was a kid. And so when we started the show in the basement, it was awesome conversational program. And then when we started interviewing, I was like, this is so fun. But if that's not you, don't try to be yeah. a mediocre, like, half-decent interviewer just because you're like, well, I need to do a show. There's no point because your teachable vignettes are so much better than any sort of, like, interview would be. Even if you worked on it for months, you know, it would take you a yeah. long time to get up to the point where your current teachable vignettes are. So I definitely think that that to sort of focus is better. And you talk about focus a lot, even on your program. I mean, you, you really hone it in. How do we know what to focus on first? I think a lot of people spend a lot of time sort of 
the buckshot method, like, oh, we need an SEO and we need social media yeah. and we need a product and we need an app. It's like, how do you know where to begin? That's a very essential question. First of all, the concept of focus is very, very important. I find that too many of new entrepreneurs, they struggle with this. And it's not their fault. You know, we all, I struggled this when I got started. You know, you want to do so many things right, but it's impossible for you to crush it in something and also crush it on many other levels, on many other things. You can only focus on one thing at a time, you know. So I would recommend anybody who's getting started is to first and foremost focus on their message, on what they actually offer. Most people, when they first get started, they really can't really say what they do. They really can't uh, concisely convey what their business is all about. I've seen shows and podcasts that are really well produced, but I don't even know what it's about. What, what, who's this for? Who's your audience? Like, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I really think that focus on your message, on communicating what you do is very, very important. One of the easiest ways to do that is to start a blog. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, that's for nerds. But blogging is a fantastic way just to get your ideas down on, you know, your computer screen. And what's wonderful about that is that when you have your ideas, they're out of your head. They're on the screen. You can analyze them. You can actually ask yourself, do I believe in these things? Are these things that are congruent with really what I do? Or is it just rhetoric? Is this just something I'm just saying because that's what an expert says, you know? So uh, blogging is a good way to get started. And it's also a good way to just get used to talking about what you do. A lot of us at the start, we don't feel comfortable talking about what we do and just get used to using that language, using your own voice and be able to communicate that clearly. It's also a great way to find out what resonates with people. You write certain posts, some people will love, some people will hate. You'll know what people are looking for, what they're struggling with, what their pains are, and you can create products based on that. So, I mean, messaging and, and understanding what you're all about is really, really important because if you don't know it front and back 100%, then people can feel it. People can know it. And they, if they can't trust you, if they can't really feel like you're confident, then uh, it's really hard for them to really buy anything from you. If you're not sure about yourself, then they're not going to be sure about you. So I think that's really important to focus on what you're all about and your messaging. Excellent. And I think a lot of people, including myself, and it seems like you did too, spend a ton of time on the wrong things. They waste a lot of money. Yeah. Without focus, you're really, you're spreading yourself too thin in so many ways. Um, mm -hmm. And I see that a lot, even with, though focus is kind of those one of those cliches that yeah. entrepreneurs talk about, I very rarely see people actually focused on something when they're actually starting a business. Well, one of the benefits, this is a small hidden benefit, but that alone is worth you focusing. But when you focus on your thing, you got to like, say, for example, you have a, you know, a video show on YouTube and you're focused on creating a new video every day and you're just focused on that. And that's where you go to town every single day. You're working hard, making sure the edit looks beautiful, all that stuff. When you're so in your zone, you're not worried about everybody else. Too many people are all over Facebook. Oh gosh, this person just made whatever much money this month. Oh, this person's doing this. Oh, they're in Bali. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just horrible right. for that new entrepreneur to constantly be comparing themselves to other pr people. And that's distracting you from your focus. Nothing is going to get done if nothing gets done. That's a good point. Uh, I definitely see social media as a massive distraction. And it's funny you should mention Bali. <laughs> it's like, the entrepreneurial place, like everyone goes to Bali, and I've, I'm like, I've never been to Bali, and people are like, oh man, you have to go there, and I keep Make thinking- Make sure you take a picture of your feet, too. Yeah, exactly, right? My feet on the beach, um, and do a lot of yoga. Back to more with my man Omar. 
what sort of mindsets do you have when you were starting out? Because a lot of people ask me this too. How do I launch this? What should I think about when I'm launching that? And I'm thinking, man, I haven't launched, I haven't launched a business for eight years. Yeah. My mindset or, and Nicole's mindset when we started the $100 MBA, the podcast or the program or now Webinar Ninja, our podcast and platform is just focusing on how can I delight people? How can I give as much as I can with no holding back, really just trying to help somebody like I'm helping my mother out? Like if your mom called you up and said, hey, I got a problem with my computer, you just make sure it's solved and completely help her because she's your mom, right? So I think you should have the same type of you know commitment with your audience. You know, you have a limited amount of time, but you could do that in a mass fashion by creating great content for your audience via a podcast or a video type of thing or a blog or whatever it is. You know, a lot of people are just, you know, teasing people. They're not really giving them what they need. You know, you have to give them enough so they can do it and get a win and say, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. I just tasted the fruits of what they're all about. I'm interested. I want to take it to the next level. Do they have something else I would like to uh, get into? Um, and, and that really has been my mindset as just as much as possible, try to get people wins, try to make them feel comfortable. And it's funny enough, one of the things I learned, you know, through entrepreneurship, meeting people, going to conferences is also like how not to do it. A lot of people, they get a little bit of success and it goes straight to their head oh, and yeah. they become like this person that's just not helpful. Um, or a better way is that they're just not nice. They're not a nice person, you know, and unfortunately no one wants to be around you. You know, like I see so many people, I see it from a distance. I go to a conference, a big conference, and I see this person that's been following this person forever and listens to everything they do and buys their products and they go and they meet them. And they're like, Oh, hi, Mr. or Mrs. X. You know, like I, you know, it's great to me. Oh, great. I got to go. Peace. You know, and like doesn't give him four seconds. The reason why you exist is because of that person. You know, the reason why you even have a business is because of that person. And if you don't give them, you know, two minutes, another example is email. People, they send the rudest emails to people or they don't reply at all or whatever. These are the people, the reason, the reason why you have a business on your hands, you know? So I really think that these are lessons that should not be ignored. You really should take a look at that and be in the service of the people that you're trying to serve and yeah. regardless of the buy or not. That's a really, really excellent point. It's so hard to remember that sometimes, especially if you get an email with like an idiotic question <laughs> or comment. You're like, man, come on, what's your problem? And I'm guilty of this too, or I'll just like fire back. And sometimes I'm like, oh man, you know, if that person came to me in person, I would never have said that way. And so I have to like put my foot in my mouth and be like, hey, you know, to be more clear, blah, 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 and like give them a real answer. Right. You know, or something like that. We're all, we're all working on ourselves, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, but it is so true though. I, I do see a lot of folks that, like you said, can't even give them four seconds. And that's a problem because people remember that stuff for like years. Yeah. You know, I remember interactions I had with people so long ago where I just felt like they were a total, you know, jerk about it. Mm -hmm. And, if I met that person again and they were really nice, I'd probably be like, oh, good, they're nice now. But that didn't stop me from thinking that they were a jerk for like half a decade. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, when you start growing, when you start becoming uh, more successful, people will talk to you about other people. They'll say like, oh, do you know so-and-so? And you're not going to have good things to say. And yeah. that's the worst PR ever. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Like, oh, yeah, I do know him. He's a total jerk. <laughs> yelled at me for no reason or something like that, you know, like, yeah, just 
really not good. It's that first impression thing. What you don't realize is as an entrepreneur, you might be answering 100, 200 emails a day. One of those quick, like, auto-fire, short, kind of maybe a little bit brash emails, that might be your first and only impression for that guy. Yeah, and I think this whole idea of, like, being in service of the people that you're you're serving – and winning their hearts before anything else. I think I kind of got that from my experience in Dubai. Because when I taught in Dubai, my students are filthy rich. They are leaving the school parking lot in a Maserati. I'm in a Corolla. You know, so like they're going to be fine. If they fail out of school or college or whatever, they're going to be fine. They don't need me. You know, like I have no ammunition like back home where it's like, if, if I fail you, you're going to get left back and I get into the college you want to. All that's like, that is all not applicable. They're going to be okay. They're going to be a millionaire without me, you know? So how do I get them to do what I want them to do? I have to win their hearts. I have to be their friend. I have to show them that I care before I can show them how to, you know, write a paragraph. So I think that experience really helped me understand that no one really cares about how much you know until you show them how much you care. You have to really show them that you care about them and you have their best interest in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe going a little bit of the extra mile. It doesn't have to be anything insane, right? Yeah. There's kind of two camps, right? The guys that write in with a book and they're like, what free advice and coaching do you have for me? And I'm like, no. And then there's the other guys who are like, yeah, you'll probably never even read this, but... And I'm like, of course I'm going to read it. You know, I'll forward it to the right person or, you know, help you out wherever I can. I just can't invest a lot of time. That's, I think, what a lot of people don't realize is good entrepreneurs who really care about their customers, we can't spend a ton of time on everything or we won't be able to get anything done. The person that you're dealing with should never feel too good to be talking with you. Yeah. Right. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in business, if you're any kind of internet personality or the boss of a restaurant or anything like that, if you Mm. feel like I'm wasting my time with this person, you should probably look into a different business because you will not succeed thinking that your time is so valuable that you can't even deal with the the unwashed masses, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Another mistake or sticking point that took us forever to get over that I I do see with a lot of new businesses is they don't really convey what they offer to others very well. For example, Art of Charm could be tricky, and it was like we didn't want to be pigeonholed as this, but we also didn't want to be misunderstood as that. And we also see, even at the conference where you and I were, I'd be like, what do you do? And some people were like, I teach engineers how to have more personal style, both in fashion and in their communication. And I'm like, damn, that's a good elevator pitch. And then somebody else is like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm, are you still talking about what you do? Cause I have questions. Well, okay. I, yeah. All right. I'm going to lunch and I don't yeah. even know what the hell that person does. How do we craft that sort of like one line or, or elevator pitch or something like that? Well, one thing that I actually learned from Michael Port, the event that we were at, is a great way to handle this, you know, um, and if you're in a one-on-one conversation, the best way to kind of, that works for me, is the best way to to start this conversation is if somebody asks me, like, so tell me a little bit about what you do. I usually answer with a question. I answer with, like, well, do you know anybody that's thinking about starting a business and um, doesn't know where to start or struggling with being overwhelmed with the idea? And you'd probably say, yeah, you know, I was there one time. I know somebody like you have a conversation. Oh, yeah. So, so this is what we do at the Hunter RBA is we help people through lessons every single day uh, through our podcast to help them step by step, you know, get to that point where they need to be self-sufficient with their business. So it's good to kind of just not have so much pressure on you. It doesn't have to be a monologue. It doesn't have to be like this place where I have to shoot out this perfect sentence. I can just ask a question and make it applicable to them. 
It may be them. They may be like, yeah, that's me. Oh, great. So what we can do for you is this. I think that helps a lot. I think what people really struggle with is on their sales pages, on their websites, that copy that really people see the first thing they hit their page. Often it's just vanilla. Often it doesn't really speak to anybody because it's hard in the beginning because you're coming from, most people are coming from employment. They're coming from corporate America. They're coming from an institution. And we're just so used to being so professional and just buy the book and it has to look and seem a certain way. Unfortunately, that way doesn't work. It never did work because it doesn't resonate with anybody. You have to speak a message that talks directly with the person that is visiting your website. That's something, an art form that took me a very, very long time to get better at. I'm still working on it. You know, we changed the copy on the Hunter MBA and Webinar Ninja almost on a, you know, every two weeks, like almost on a every a twice a month basis. And uh, just so we can see what works, what doesn't, you know, we grow, we change, the business changes, and therefore the message has to change. That's two things I think people really need to focus on. Perfect. And how do you set goals and expectations for yourself? You know, how do you actually set your own bar of achievement? That's a really, really important thing. I think too many people, especially in our space in entrepreneurship and business online, offline, we let other people set our goals. We let other people set our expectations. I have very uh, close friends that do income reports on their website. And I starchly am against it. And I tell them to their face, you know, like, I just don't like this idea. I don't think it serves my audience by telling them how much I'm making. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me because by doing that, a lot of people think that that's success. You're defining success for your audience. And I know it's supposed to be inspirational, but a lot of times it makes people feel like, oh, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm still not successful. Well, it's successful once you set what's successful. You know, for me, when I first got started, and you have to reevaluate what that means to you. Your goals have to keep on being, you know, modified. You know, like at one point, my goal was I need to be self-sufficient. I need to be able to do my business, do what I love, and be able to pay my bills. Once I got to that point, I said, okay, now I need a little bit more security. I want this. Now I want this much, you know, type of money so I can put it back into the business. Now I want this kind of, you know, reach with my audience. I want to be able to reach this many people with podcasts. So you have to set those goals for yourself and you have to kind of set them based on what makes you content. You know, some people are content with being able to make $3,000 a month and people are content with making $30,000 a month. Some people are content with making no money, but they can reach a million people with their website. And there's plenty of bloggers that make zero money, you know, but they have an incredible audience and they're fine with that. And when they're ready to cash in, they'll cash in. I mean, Facebook didn't cash in for years, you know? So the point is, is that you need to sit down and find out what's important to you, what your goals are, set them for yourself and go for it. You know, and don't let other people set your expectations or your goals because those are theirs, not yours. You know, if you want to follow by example, they set their goals, you set yours. Perfect. Well, is there anything that you want to leave us with that you haven't, that I haven't asked you yet? Um, no, it's just an honor to be on the show. I, I love what you offer to your audience. I think you're doing a great job. I think that you also did a great job in terms of defining your brand really well. You know, when I got to know you, got to know what you do, I realized that you're a lot more than what's out there. There's so much out there that really doesn't offer a complete kind of solution or educational platform for the male, for the male audience, you know, not only in terms of how to do well with relationships, but how to do well in your life, your business, your health, your, your, your overall kind of outlook on life. And I think that uh, you're doing a fantastic job and I hope I added any value to your audience in any way 
Um, if anybody wants to learn more about us, they can just visit 100mba.net. That's 100mba.net. Uh, our latest project is Webinar Ninja, which is a webinar platform as well as an educational uh, training and community, all dealing with how to teach, present, sell, and communicate effectively using webinars. And people can learn more about that at WebinarNinja.co. Thanks so much, man. We'll have that linked up in the show notes as well. And thanks so much for your time. Good stuff. Appreciate it, man. Love this one. You know, you're never sure what to expect. You can interact with a friend all the time and they're awesome. But, you know, I forget that Omar's a real podcast broadcaster pro. And again, I, I do like the show $100 MBA. There's good lessons on there. My favorite is the one that I recorded, of course, because I'm a massive egotist. But the lessons that you learn there are legit. They're small, they're bite sized, because Omar gets how people learn. So go and check it out. And of course, feedback and guest suggestions. The show's a fanarchy, it's run by you. I rely on you to keep my finger on the pulse. So if you know someone is a good fit, let me know, Jordan at theartofcharm.com. And of course, if you enjoyed this, don't forget to thank Omar on Twitter. We'll have that linked up in the show notes as well. Bootcamp details for our live programs at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. And remember, subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher. We've got our iPhone and Android apps available at theartofcharm.com slash iPhone and slash Android as well. And of course, if you want, slash please do, review, subscribe in iTunes, give us a nice rating, write something great. I will love you forever. And also, it helps keep us up in the ranks so that other people who can use this information can find the show more easily to get the credible advice they need. It's also the best way to support the show other than buying products and training from us. Special thanks to the Jasons for their help in production of the Art of Charm podcast. Go ahead and tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com.